You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Welcome to the Pop-Up Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Sandler. Together, we'll discover the latest and greatest in experiential retail, marketing, and pop-ups. That means fashion, retail, restaurants, art, and entertainment. You're going to hear about new business models, creative strategies, and the latest technologies available that make pop-up sales and marketing effective for brands. In 2008, Indy Lee pioneered a revolutionary namesake clean beauty skincare line. Today, she has successfully grown her brand to reach consumers in large and specialized beauty retail outlets, as well as online channels, and is an expert when it comes to leveraging the power of experiential marketing to generate sales and connect with consumers. Indy's mission-driven brand was inspired by her personal experience when diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumor that doctors felt could be environmentally derived and possibly attributed to something as simple as what she was putting on her skin. After surviving a successful surgery, she embarked on a new journey, Indy Lee Skincare, a clean beauty line dedicated to educating and empowering others to live their healthiest life. This was her awakening. Welcome, Indy. How's it going? It's going great. And thank you for such a beautiful tribute. I, wow. I was like, wow, I'm so proud. Thank you. Well, it's incredible. And your story is so interesting to me. It seems to me that you were a person who worked hard, got a great job in finance, got married, and then decided that you wanted to have a personal mission to bring school gardens to life. And you got really focused on the greenhouse movement in your backyard. And then you founded this brand based on a personal health scare. And you're also a mother of two. So I'm sure that that was no easy feat, especially considering that you weren't part of the beauty industry ecosystem at that time. So tell us a little bit about your support system and the driving principles behind Indy Lee Skincare. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, I think that ignorance is bliss and probably the fact that I didn't know anything about the beauty industry was was a help <laughs> because <laughs> I was thinking, okay, well, everything's figure outable. And certainly because the clean beauty industry was not where it is today. I mean, back then it was really more of the farmer's market variety. Of course, we had Dr. Hauschka coming on the, you know, scene in Aveda with horse, but you know, it wasn't where it is today. So when I was originally told that this could be as simple as what I was putting on my skin, and of course, we'll never know what it is, you know, but the fact that it could be really made me realize that this is what I wanted to to do with the rest of my life. I knew that what you're putting in your body and on your body are equally as important. And I just started, you know, speaking with every aromatherapist, dermatologist, homeopathic doctor to really learn. I dove deep into books and I started what I would say you know, in air quotes, concocting. It certainly wasn't the sophisticated products that we now have in the line. 
but I just kept going and I just, I knew I was on the right track. I just knew it internally. You know it in your gut. It's when that light bulb goes off and says, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life. And I was fortunate that my best friend who now, you know, manages our warehouse operations said, I'm going to help you. And she was integral. I mean, she was helping me pack things up and label things. And then I realized I needed more help and I didn't know how to sell. And one of my business partners, Rebecca joined in back in 2010 officially. And then you know, it just kind of grew from there. And I think the biggest thing for me is never being afraid to ask for help because I knew this is what I needed to do. The driving principle was really to create change and awareness in an industry that definitely needed to be looked at more deeply. And so it was just, it was, pardon the pun, it was organic. (laughs) And that is such a big one, you know, the being willing to ask for help and being open to feedback. It's so hard for us. I don't know why that's so hard. I know. I say that's my superpower, not being afraid to ask for help. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's terrific. Such a good message. I also think that you've done such a terrific job of growing your brand over the past 12 years. I mean, many people are starters, but to actually get through the execution and have it take off is not easy. And we worked together in a pop-up back in 2016 at the Refinery Hotel in New York City right after the new year in an activation called Resolutions Refined. So I'm just wondering, how did pop-ups fit into your overall brand launch strategy? And why did that work? What did you learn from them? It's a great question. In the beginning, we certainly did a lot of, I would say, pop-ups, quote, trunk shows, because it was important for us. I mean, we did not have the retailer distribution that we now have. And so it's really creating awareness and pop-ups gave us that. A lot of times retailers aren't going to want to give you the space. Listen, retail square footage is expensive for them. And we were an unknown brand and pop-ups and trunk shows were a great way for us to step into retailers or various different venues and bring awareness to our brand and share it with more people as we start to come into the beauty industry. Like I said, we were an unknown brand. I was an unknown player in the beauty industry. I will say, you know, for us, it probably would have been considered a pop-up or what they called them trunk shows, but Henry Bendel's, we launched doing but they're considered their trunk shows back in 2012, 2013. And I by miss April, that store. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love that store. I know. But you know what? Going and doing that and then going in you know, every two months, every quarter, then landed us to go on counter with them on April, you know, in April 2014. And that's when wow. people started to notice our brand. You know, that's where you went to discover. And so I really think it was that pop-up that helped us get that start. And one of the first stores that I was ever in, it was a co-op. But you know what? That truly is what similar to what the pop-up was pop-up concept. Other brands use this space to sell their wares and gain learning. And that was the first store I was in. I still love that concept of having enough space in a retail environment to really communicate the whole brand, the signage, the all of the skews in the line or as many as possible, which is a luxury because very often, I mean, it's wonderful to be in big retailers, of course, but you don't always get as much attention. So I think that they work together really well. It was, I think, a turning point for us in terms of really getting that notoriety and to be able to announce it too. you know, oh, we're going to be here and people knew those names. And so going doing things like that in various different stores was a big deal. And I think it still is used today for emerging brands to kind of bring awareness to themselves. You know, you take a look at even things like Whole Foods, where they have brands come in for just a short period of time to introduce themselves to see if it works. Yeah. And I think there's something about also 
being there and being associated with like-minded brands, there's a glow that every brand gets off of one another. Absolutely. I remember how fun it was to work with your person in our pop-up to do live demos with customers who would come in. They might be shopping for apparel or shoes, and then they would get a tiny beauty demo and walk out with this glow and, and product. Absolutely. You know, we've always said a trier is a buyer. And in that environment, it was a great way for people to really experience the brand hands-on. And it was always exciting. I think that there are all different types of pop-ups. And certainly what we did at Refinery, it was, it was exciting because people were excited excited to come in. It was an event. It was a time out. It was not just going shopping. Exactly. And you got to experience a lot of different brands and everybody was excited. Oh, look at the big crowd that came in. I think there's an energy that is created. Absolutely. Yeah. There were even um, wellness and fitness activations going on in different parts of the hotel. And then people would come in for product. I call that the endorphin high. I am the ultimate consumer for that. Like I'll work hard in a class and then I want to treat myself. I'll see a product. Mm -hmm. Boom. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So you also embraced digital technology early on with the brand and you really put yourself out there. I think more than some other founders that I know to share personal insights with people and also do regular product education sessions, which is really smart. And I'd love to go through some of the platforms that you've been working with to hear about them from you. So let's start with your blog, which is where I think you began. Yes. What was that experience like for you? Well, you have to realize uh, when I started blogging, this was back in 2008, blogging was starting to come on to the fold. I don't even think there was an Instagram at that point. There was Facebook. And it was a vehicle for me to communicate with my family when I got sick. I have a beautiful large family. And when I was originally diagnosed, I didn't want to spend all my time talking and having the same conversation over and over and over. I'm one of 30 something first cousins. So I certainly couldn't do that every day. (laughs) I wanted to spend time when my kids were home from school with them. And I didn't want to keep replaying what was going on. And so I decided to blog and tell the journey through the blog. So my family can stay connected and up to date, but I could spend the time that I wanted to with my children. And it kind of grew from there. And I started to do DIYs and, you know, it realized that there was a brand here and it was from getting sick and the diagnosis, et cetera. And it pivoted into really from my journey to what I wanted to create for my life and in the industry. So the blog was the first step for that. It's almost like journaling, it sounds like. It was exactly, that was exactly what it was but knowing that it was public. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I think that's so wonderful as a way to communicate with your family and friends who I'm sure were all deeply concerned all the time. And I think it's also a good discipline to learn how to write every day, make yourself write. And obviously content is so important now more than ever. So the longer form writing, it's challenging for some people. It's enjoyable for some people. Do you recommend longer form writing for brand founders and industry leaders today? I think it is important for brand founders. I mean, I honestly, I think it depends on the brand and what the brand is. It might not make sense for the founder of Dyson to <laughs> to put blog, but when your brand is who you are and it's it's a founder-led brand, I think it is really important in some way, shape, or form to stay connected. And certainly for me, as you can tell, staying using digital mediums to do that was always a way that I found kind of fun and easily and readily available for others, right? So it was public. So people are able to do it. And it's really meeting people where they're at 
So when I started to blog even, at first it was my journal and then we realized, okay, I wanted to do these DIYs and whatnot as I was starting the brand. And so we had a brand website and I had my blog and we started doing videos on the blog and, and my story on the blog. And then people realized that they were one and the same and we merged the product side with the personal side and Indie Lee kind of became Indie Lee versus two different brands. And then we started to bring um, really pivoted to social in place of the long form blogging because that's where people were. And I feel that they are. And I didn't want them to have to go to various different sites. Like, you know, if you go, okay, here, you know, click here, then there. And we all know that the more clicks you have to get to, the faster you're going to start losing people. And so we've started to focus on where we saw our demographic, which is primarily Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit more about Instagram and the way that you're using IGTV. Absolutely. You know, this brand was never just about putting products on a shelf. As one of my mentors said, it always just serves, and, and business partners, you know, serve to underline what my key mission was, which was to educate and empower. And I have an incredible team and together we've been able to really figure out what some keys to success are. And it's not just products in a feed. It really is about this journey. People who have signed up and to become a part of your community are on this journey with me. And I'm just like them. I go through the same things. I have bad days. I have good days. And it's sharing that. And part of that is being mindful. I've been a practicing Buddhist for over 20 years. And so we brought in the IGTV series, which is Mindful Monday. So every Monday I go on and it could be anywhere from a minute and a half to eight minutes and really talking about mindfulness and self-care and what appreciation, gratitude and staying present is all about. From there we go to, I, I do lives about it too. It, and what I love, it's been so positive. It's been so positive. I have to say the Indie Lee community fills my cup. I'm really proud that as a brand, we're bringing so much more to just skincare to the concept of self-care. And that's where this really started from. Yeah, I could see the love in some of the comments that were happening during a recent event that you did with the detox market that was around, you know, holiday gift ideas. But you're absolutely right. I think you're filling their cup, you know, as well. And as you continue to go and interact with different technologies, I think that you're unveiling more of who you are. Yeah, well, you know, and I have to say, there's always that challenge, because you're becoming vulnerable. And we all know that, you know, social media can also be a very scary place. But I want to be authentic. And I want to be a part of this community. And if I say that I can't, if I say, you know, I want to create a community, I need to be an active participant. And part of being an active participant is allowing them to see my more vulnerable sides. And I do believe the more vulnerable you are, the more vulnerable people feel, you know, the more comfortable people feel about being vulnerable with themselves. And that's when true com deep community and relationships are built. Absolutely. I think it's especially important for women to feel comfortable doing that with one another. So just moving on from there, when the pandemic hit here, and we've all been working from home, that's around the time when you started your your podcast, correct? Yes. So it's called yeah. Coming Clean with Indy Lee. And I have to say, you are the first guest on the Pop-Up Biz podcast that has their own podcast. So how do you feel about podcasting for your brand? And what, what is different about it from some of the other platforms that we've been talking about? Yeah, no, I love it. I really love it. And I, I truly enjoy it. I'm currently doing all the editing myself, which is definitely time intensive, but it's really giving me the ability to connect with some amazing people that I perhaps wouldn't have. I think you're going to start to see as we build out for next year, it's not just in the beauty. Coming Clean is just almost a double entendre, obviously, of a clean beauty line founder. Coming Clean is all about how do you act with purpose 
stay passionate and present in the given day and really how other leaders are doing that as well. And so it's really been phenomenal. I mean, I've gotten to sit down with Alex L, which was a highlight. I mean, she's incredible. And I followed her for some time. And so I was honored that she came on. I mean, I actually start my day every day with her journal. I've had people like Carla Oates, who's, you know, a pioneer, Jules Von Hepp, who I've now become friends with as a result. So it's really been incredible for me to do this. And for me, it's how do I meet people where they're at? One of the reasons why I wanted to do a podcast is because people, well, who knew the pandemic was going to be there? You know, when I really started it, the idea was back in January. I never, like when we launched the first episode, that that was going to then have to be all done at home. But, you know, I figured people are, are traveling. How can I add something more to their day? How can I bring in this practice of mindfulness and positivity and and what the brand is about to other people and not just on the Instagram community. And so it's been phenomenal. I really love it. I truly, truly love it. I love being on podcasts. It's one of my favorites. So thank you for filling my cup today. And I love doing them. I am so glad. I'm really glad. And I think that it is deepening, you know, your relationship with colleagues in the industry, as well as with your fans and consumers. Thank you. Thank you. I hope so. I really do. But like I said, you know, it's, It's sort of selfish because I love doing it. I don't think that's selfish. I always say to my kids, if you can love what you do, you're ahead of the game. So, Indy, you're ahead of the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you launched the podcast and then you started offering virtual master classes, I think on Zoom for the most part. Yes where I've logged on to a couple and I know sometimes you do them yourself and sometimes you partner with other founders of clean beauty makeup brands or retailers and there was an adorable masterclass with your daughter about (laughs) how to do a family facial I love that one I think that these are just great examples of how to do live activations in virtual life that continue to educate and kind of encourage people to try this out themselves so what's the strategy there? The strategy, you're going to see a theme here, meeting people where they are. And right now they're in their homes. And prior to the pandemic hitting, I was probably on the road 10 to 15 days a month, really doing these masterclasses at retailers, et cetera, and doing activations to get out there in the community. And when we were no longer able to do that, I said, we need to pivot. And I said, you know what? I think I can do a virtual masterclass on Zoom I can do this and here's my idea. And my team and my investors, they're like, okay, let's give it a shot. They've always just been so supportive of things that I come up with. And I send sachets out. So what happens is you sign up and I send sachets. So you get to do the actual activation in your home and you're trying the products. So the ones that I do on our own site, we charge $10 and then you can use that $10 on towards an Indie Lee product after the event. So it's basically not costing anything, but it's covering the cost of mailing out all the sachets. Of course, right. I send personal notes to everybody too. Yes, of course yes, you do. I am that person. My team's like, I think we could do this differently. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to go this well. And it's, they're phenomenal. I mean, we're on there for an hour an hour and a half to two hours some cases just on Q&As because people have immediate access to me. They're not in the store. They're in their bathrooms, at their kitchen table. They're in their beds. It's so cool. It's so cool. And they're probably less self-conscious too about being in a store next to strangers and 
actually, it's so interesting that you should say that because every time I start one in the stores, I always start with a toast to them because I know how difficult it is and how vulnerable it is to sit here among strangers and take off all your makeup yes. and, and really get bare with people that you don't know. And now I'm able to do it in a different way. So if people don't and they've always wanted to, they get to have that access to the team, to me, and they don't even have to be on camera. And so I think this is all about creating comfort and and being supportive and saying, hey, listen, I see you, I hear you. How can I do this with you differently? And so it's been really fun. And we've done some with, I've done them by myself. I've done them with so many of our retailers, which has been awesome. I did one with Tara Foley. I was so proud to be her first that was a good master one. class yeah. that she's done. Tara is a dear friend and obviously a podcast guest for me as well. It's been a lot of fun. It's been incredible to do. And you know, sometimes we do it over Zoom. Too. We do it over lives on Instagram. That's cool. So we're really just trying to utilize social media and the various tools that we have at our fingertips these days to create different experiences. When you look at the engagement around those events among the attendees, does it feel like they're sharing their experiences with their followers? Yes, absolutely. I am always amazed that once an event is over and I go on Instagram or usually it's Instagram, the amount of people who are sharing screenshots of me talking about products and their setup of how they had their night set up in front of them with all the sachets and they're tagging and talking about what they've learned and what they're going to get. And it's just beautiful. And so they're sharing this experience. And what's incredible is more people are coming forward and saying, hey, could you do a virtual masterclass with my XYZ group? Mm. So what started with just me doing it with retailers and on ourselves, we're now doing them for alumni associations and like Girls Night In, which is an online platform. It's just, it's been phenomenal. So I feel like the brand is getting out there more and I really could not be more pleased. And you have such a lovely way of doing it. So it doesn't feel didactic. and, And I assume that there's a strong correlation to sales. Yes, of course. I mean, listen, this is a business. So we're seeing, you know, we're selling out 30, you know, we try to max it at 30 people only so I can see the whole screen and see everybody versus having to toggle between screens Mm. because I want this to be personal. I am looking at people's experiences and their facial expressions when they're trying a product and want it to feel like they're here, they're with me. And I'll say, you know, hey, Susan, I see, okay, I see you don't like that smell or, oh my God, I love your face when you put this on. I love that expression because I, I see them. I don't want them to feel like they're missing out on this and that they're a part of my life in that moment too. I am fully present and there to support them. And so it's, it's just been amazing. And as a result, we're getting fans for life. We're all hopeful that in real life sales will reopen and people will feel comfortable doing all of that again. But it sounds like you can be very successful selling on digital platforms by doing these demos and master classes. I mean, what do you think? Absolutely. And we also, not only that, but, and I, I have to give that a shout out to my team because they also did virtual consultations. So we opened it up on our website if people wanted to sign up for a private consultations too. So one-on-ones going through, finding out what your best routine is. And so I think it's just 
I think that the dig selling on digital platforms will and can be just as successful. It's just a different approach. Mm -hmm. And you're meeting consumers where they are able to be. And right now we're not able to be in stores, so we're doing it that way. You know, we're, I'm fortunate to see that the stores are opening again slowly and cautiously and using you know, all of the safety precautions um, from the health guidelines. So we're able to be in stores, but not everybody's comfortable there yet. And so I, I think that it's going to be a 360 approach going forward. I don't think we're just going to all of a sudden go back to one versus the other. I think it's going to be, you know, you, you've got to look at it at all angles. Oh, it's very interesting. So what else are you learning during this pandemic? What other kinds of new practices have you engaged in that you might incorporate when things go back to normal? It's how do we... I'm really interested in the online selling, the digital selling. I know Instagram's trying it out. I know some of the retailers are trying to try to sell, find it out. So I'm really fascinating to see how this is going to change. You certainly see that that is a major way that people in China shop right. is online selling. So, you know, live selling experiences a la QVC, but online. Yeah, there are some new technologies that are kind of in beta now that allow you to even bring like influencers or creating small shopping parties right on your website in real time. Oh yeah, I'm totally looking into it. So those are some of the things that are on my radar going forward. I'm continuing to do the Zooms. You know, for me, it's always about maintaining a personal connection. It is so important to me. But you know, also doing things via Crowdcast is another one. So also how do we add value as a brand? Right. So it's one thing to talk to people about the products. It's one thing to, you know, do mindful Mondays. But what you know, I'm not the end all be all. So what are other experts that we can share with our community. So I've done podcasts with a more holistic doctor, right? An integrative medical doctor, doctor of business school to talk about staying healthy during the pandemic. We did, how do you use a gua sha? You know, I don't have washes in my line, you know, my SKU setup. I know Wildling does, and I've been a fan of Wildling tools for quite some time. And so we had one of the founders on here with me, and we did a crowdcast, and we explained to people how they do it. And then we downloaded it, and we put it on YouTube. So now people can go to our YouTube and learn how to do it. Again, it's finding different ways and different touch points. And then also, okay, how do you use other things? QR codes are becoming more and more popular because it's touchless. So, okay, how can we start thinking about incorporating that to bring more information at point of sale, Absolutely. right? Um, yeah. Maybe that's QR code to a, a video of somebody, you know, doing education right there for them if we're not able to be in store, et cetera. So I, I think, you know, we're just trying to embrace things that are coming out to help consumers on their path to wellness. You know, and it feels authentic to me to have you presenting that kind of information, you know, with related technologies and tools, you know, maybe versus some other more general kinds of beauty publishers. Thank you. That really means a lot. So when in real life really safely opens up, what is one of the first things that you want to do for yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm actually looking forward to being reconnected with my suitcase again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. Believe it or not. <laughs> I'm a big believer if you put it out there, thing, you know, if you put it out there, it will happen. So, of course, in the midst of the pandemic, I bought a new piece of luggage from Away Luggage. <laughs> I love it. My family's like, why is there a piece of luggage? And I was like, I'm being hopeful. I'm putting it out there. I'm creating space in the universe for it to happen again. I'm really looking forward to getting it back on the road and, and connecting in person with our community again. Of course. Personally, I'm really excited at the opportunity to see my family when things open up. I have not seen my sister 
probably since January, which is just, this is too long. I mean, I do FaceTime, etc., but I, I'm longing to hug my nephew desperately. My son, who is in Boulder right now, and he left in August, and oh. I haven't seen him other than FaceTime. So I'm looking forward to that physical connection with people. I'm so grateful for things like FaceTime and Zoom, but there is something about giving someone a hug. Absolutely. In person and that act of touch. With those really soft, beautiful hands that you have. (laughs) (laughs) You see them on on my Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) I am a little envious. (laughs) No, I, I hear you. The virtual hugs are just not cutting it. They're not cutting it. Thank goodness for puppies. Yes, they have been really spoiled, I think, during all of this, oh my which God. is great. Oh, my God. They leave the house and the dog looks at me like, wait, you're going out. What's mm-hmm. this about? Right. I do want to talk a little bit about the role of influencers and ambassadors in the clean beauty world. We've certainly seen that in the forefront of fashion and other parts of the beauty industry. And I noticed that you introduced an editorial feature recently called Industry Gurus with interesting people who are doing things beyond, paving the way where no one previously has. And so going back to what you were saying before, these are the thought leaders and provokers from different industries that touch your world and beyond, such as, oh, the moment founder, Lainey Crowell. Yes, who now has her own beautiful skincare line, say. So, yeah. Is this your way of working with influencers? Yes and no. So, Industry Guru is really more focused on influencers and people who are leading the way. And for me, it's a way of creating space on our site, like I said, for me, a platform for elevating and amplifying other people's voices. So Industry Gurus is certainly one of those tools that we use in addition to having people do takeovers on our Instagram, et cetera, or on our feed. I want people's voices to be heard and I want to spotlight other people who are doing incredibly courageous and incredible things, you know, forging their own path. Influencers in and of themselves, we really have a 360 approach. So it's always about working with like-minded brands and individuals and how do they fit into everything that we're doing. It's not just, okay, you know, would you like to work with us? And here's a code for you to give to your community to have X amount off of our website, et cetera, you know, in terms of affiliate programs. For me, it's a lot more than that. It's a deep relationship. I get on the phone and I've had Zooms with our brand ambassadors and influencers, and not just once. I've done cocktail hours with them too, where we get a bunch of them on a Zoom and we have a conversation about what they would like to see. So for me, it's really a deeper relationship um, when working with them. And yes, of course, we send product out seeding for people to try and share. But in terms of truly creating those relationships with brand ambassadors, it's a, it's a 360 approach. Has TikTok been a part of that? It's going to be more and more. You know, for a long time, I was like, well, how does this fit in? Is it going to be here? Is it going to stay? You know, I certainly didn't want to put a lot of effort into something that would put it potentially going away. But now it looks like it's here and here to stay. And that's definitely a platform we're going to be working on and developing. You know, I think we're doing a great job with Instagram, certainly always significant room for growth and something we're doing, but we need to be mindful that some of our community is on TikTok. It's a segment of people who are Instagram and on TikTok, but there are people who are just on TikTok. Okay, what do they want? What that? What is that content approach? And how do we give them tools to learn about our brand? And so we're looking into that as well, certainly for 2021. Good. Well, we will be following you there for sure. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> No, I just love that you're so open and you're embracing all the platforms. And it 
so important. I think you have to. Yeah. You have to evolve. I've been someone who's always been into tech, so that's part of it, maybe. Me too. I, I'm a kind of a techie. One of the things that also feels really apparent right now, you know, in addition to technology, is that the whole beauty, health, and wellness industries are intersecting at the point of retail more than I have ever seen. So everything from campaign messaging to the way the products are merchandised and sold speak to health and wellness more than ever. Do you think that we've hit a tipping point where consumers believe that well-being is essential for beauty versus the other way around, maybe where our parents' generation were? For me, it's a great question. And I think something that is on a lot of people's minds. I've always thought that they intersected. Seeing retail pivot to that is obviously just validating the point. But yes, for me, beauty and wellness are totally connected. And I don't think that one really exists without the other. I don't look at beauty as, okay, you have a great selfie. That's how you, beauty is, is nature. Beauty is energy. Beauty is a smile. Be, you know, it's not just, hey, this is a really beautiful, bold lip. And gosh, you, you know, her complexion looks flawless. It's about self-care, confidence. For me, confidence is beauty. And confidence is also wellness. So yes, I think that they are, they are mutually inclusive. I think that's the right saying. And it's interesting because we're also seeing the types of products that are coming to market. You know, you're seeing retailers bringing supplements, washes, tools, et cetera. And when I say retailers, I'm saying beauty retailers. You know, it's it's not just you go to a Nordstrom and they're going to have all sorts of things. You're seeing clean beauty retailers bring in tools in the wellness section or the clean section of the Nordstrom's bring in supplements and they're creating dedicated spaces for wellness. So I'm so excited by it. I am so proud that we're starting to have this conversation that wellness and beauty are interrelated. At the same time, I think that clean beauty brands are also easier to use and they smell good now. And they... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean you're, you're super no fruit. Facial cream. Oh, my God. Ah. Smoothie for the face. I know. I know. I'm equally obsessed. I, I make no bones about it. <laughs> I love that. Product. You call that a smoothie in a bottle, right? Yep. That is my smoothie in a bottle. I love it. And honestly, I love the way that my skin feels. I am proud to not, you know, wear makeup every day and be able to get on Zooms and people say, wait, you're not really wearing foundation. I'm like, nope. But yes, I, I can wear foundation too. I don't want people to feel like, oh my God, it's just exciting. And I think what's the, for me in the clean beauty space is you are saying you no longer have to sacrifice efficacy for clean beauty. And I'm not going to say that that wasn't always the case. Technology, green chemistry, clean chemistry has come so far since I've entered the space. So it's so exciting. So you know what? You can, you can have it all. Yeah. And we're going to see an acceleration there for sure. Yes, for sure. And everyone's like, well, are you nervous about it? I'm like, no, come on in. The water's fine. You know, we all rise with the tide. And I think the important thing is lifting one another up. And you have Indy Lee. You know, you're not going anywhere. So I think that... Uh, I hope not. I truly <laughs> hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but you are so integral to the brand. Uh, and I am truly a huge fan of your products. Oh, and... my gosh. Thank you. That is probably the best compliment when people say that they're a fan of the brand. And I don't know. And I hope all of your listeners realize that when people say that and they connect with us on Instagram, and yes, I'm always on Instagram, it means the world to me. This is a purpose for me, truly my life's work. And knowing that I'm helping people feel more confident 
um, feeling that they're making better decisions for themselves or they watched a mindful Monday and they feel better. Oh my gosh, my gosh, it brings, honestly, it gets me emotional. Yeah. And, you know, once you start using clean beauty products, for me, there's really no going back. I mean, my skin actually talks back to me. You know, if I, oh, mine too. <laughs> you know, if I grab something maybe old that's lying around, you know, from a more traditional old line, I say, whoa, it'll burn a little and say, no, 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 that's, that's not good for you anymore. That's a real thing. And, for me, I think my next journey in clean has to be makeup. Mm. And I know that a lot of my, you know, friends feel the same way. And and we've dipped our toe in the water with kind of mixed results there. And it reminds me a little bit of the early days of clean skincare. Yeah. You know, what do you sure. what do you love? What do you recommend for people that wanna really commit to that, let's say in the new year? Yeah, sure. So I can proudly say that I basically only wear clean makeup at this point. And anybody who knows me knows that I love some bold colors. I love fun eye, like I love eyeshadow and doing my eyes. Like to me, that's an exciting thing. And I have fun with it. And also lips. And I think the great thing is there are so many leading clean retailers out there. So and their their teams are so knowledgeable and can really help pinpoint in terms of products that are going to work for your colors and shade matching and stuff as we go into foundation as well as you know any other makeup lip etc i have to tell you i think we're in such an incredible point because clean makeup has definitely caught up with the conventional market i think in the last few years i'm a huge fan of vapor beauty products i think they have one of the coolest bold lips their their high voltage lip you are not giving up anything on pigment at all their mascara is always in my bag and always on my eyes, especially as someone who lost so many eyelashes and my eyelashes never really fully came back after I had taken some medication, strong medications for having rheumatoid arthritis. I love being able to have that pop of eye um, mascara. And so Vapor has, I think, the best. So a huge shout out to them. So I think there are some phenomenal brands out there. I really do. Okay. That's going on the list. That sounds great. You won't be, you will not be disappointed. Good. Okay, I'm, I'm inspired by that. So that makes me think, you know, what direction will you be taking the company next year and beyond? You know, for me, it's, again, it's about continuing the focus on meaningful connections with consumers. And certainly through the digital initiatives, when we can't be in store, when I can travel, it'll absolutely, I'm hoping the retailers will welcome me with open arms again, so I can see and meet those people in real life. Yes, it's true. I am a hugger and I've been known to, yes, give hugs to people when they want to take pictures, et cetera. It, they have no idea, like, the thrill <laughs> that I get from it. And it's continuing to expand internationally, which is really exciting. And I think, you know, for us, it's it's riding this tide that the t- pandemic brings and continuing to be nimble. Are there other directions in terms of actual skincare that are interesting to you? I don't know, maybe aging? Oh, I think you'll see some interesting things coming out in 2021, for mm-hmm. sure. We're going to branch out a little bit. You'll see. <laughs> well, let's leave it there. So we have a lot to look forward to. Thank you so much for sharing this background with us and all this information. I've really enjoyed talking with you today, and I want to wish you very happy holidays. Oh, thank you, Susan. Wishing you the happiest of healthiest of holidays, too. I really, truly appreciate the opportunity to come on the podcast and spend some time talking to you about everything, you know, from pop-up to digital to where the industry is heading. So thank you. And thank you for the love and being such a strong supporter of the brand. And for me personally, that means a lot. Well, it is my pleasure. And stay healthy and well. And we'll talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Pop-Up Biz Podcast, where something new is always popping. 
For guest ideas or to innovate your next pop-up, email me at susan at popupsummer.com. Also, head over to our social media channels on Facebook and Instagram at popupsummer. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over to your Apple Podcast app, scroll through the episodes, click on five stars, and leave a review. 